Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 355. This is your guide to the geek side, and I'm one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, joined by Charlie Chuckles Carden. <laughs> I'm chuckling. What's up? I am. Uh, I'm trying to go with shirts that you can see on camera, so they're higher up. So I love this. Uh, you know, all the flavors of the rainbow Star Trek one or Star 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 Wars one. I got. Oh my god, the one that I got a little while back. So enjoy slaying it. Todd is slaying it. There we go. I like the shirts, boys. It's festive. Thank Thanks. I have. I just have a simple Mario noping out. No, uh, no, not today. No, 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 not today, not Jesus. Today. Not today. Not, uh, not today. Not today, Al Qaeda. Uh, and that wonderful, sexy voice you hear in the background Ooh. is a returning champion. Uh, maybe a five timer. I don't know, Joe. We don't have. Maybe we have a jack or something. Five, five, they just did a five time club on SNL this week. It was Paul Rudd. Just there watched it. I, I'm going to get a robe next week. I, I now. That's my Christmas gift. It's gonna be it's gonna be just like cousin Eddie in vacations. Way too short. It shows off the pri- the parts. You know, it's it's perfect for yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. that's Mr. Joseph Moran, aka Mr. Bad Bit, um, video game extraordinaire, and one of the best bot- PlayStation podcast land PS tr- PS trophy room or just trophy room now. There you go. Okay. Yeah, the trophy room of PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. What's up, boys? Joe always What's on. Up? <laughs> I know. It's like a soundboard, human soundboard. What I push? I don't know. We're doing this. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. It's always in my head, and it's just it comes out so naturally. I've actually said it on three interviews, and everybody was just like, "Excuse me, now," and I'm like, "I got it. I'm. It's all programmed up here, man." I'm, I'm still working on mine after 355 episodes. It's right 50% of the time. Can't do it. Can't do it. (laughs) Well, we are going to have a good time. This is going to be our holiday episode, so I'm wearing a festive shirt. We're going to be talking about some festive things, along with this wonderful festive cover, uh, Incredible Hulk number 355. I don't know what's going on, but the power of rainbows is compelling. I uh, I didn't even realize the correlation between that and my uh, my very uh, you know uh, rainbowy shirt. So I totally dig that. Yeah, yeah okay. the, the dialogue's a little dicey here. It says don't hug, don't struggle, Hulk. I just want to give you your wildest dreams. This is like a Whoa! Like an after school uh, special. I think I need an adult. <laughs> So, Plus, yeah. folks, we're in the we're in those sexy pinstripey pants with a belt. Pants okay. are pants aren't even ripped, which means they're the right size. He was dressing business casual, right? Well, this was Mister Mister Fix It. He was the the he was a fixer. Um, I guess but somebody so, somebody took his shirt, so it's yeah. uh, maybe that's the real crux of the mystery of the issue. Is where's my shirt and my shoes and my hat? No service for this man. No, no. Thumbs down. No. Um, yeah. Where he shops, nobody knows. But hey, it's fantastic. Love it. Yeah. So uh, the man is uh, tackling him with rainbows. Never seen this character before. But the Hulk does not look like he's wanting to not struggle. And never again. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, speaking of never again, which is, I think, what each of us say after uh, a night out with this crazy lady, Madam Webb is waiting for us down at the corner of Hollywood and Vine to give us all the latest takes, the abbreviated version. This week, with rumors and news, 
with Madam Web. So let's make it happen. Now it's time for Madam Web's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Web. Oh, Madam Web, I hope you have all your Christmas shopping done. You know, we talked about this last week. Um, shipping, uh, you're working at the, the warehouse these days, uh, looking through everybody's packages, finding what you what you could give to others. So if you guys don't get your package from Amazon this year, blame Madam Web. It's re, it's re, re, re gifting. <laughs> Involuntary re gifting. It's terrible. Terrible. I don't like it. Oh, my goodness. Okay, first story this week. Charlie has pulled these stories for us. Uh, and uh, essentially, we are getting uh, Shazam news, Fury of the Gods. It's rumored to feature a cameo from Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. Um, this is going to be an interesting one because uh, this will be coming out post Black Adam with The Rock um, and his eyebrow. And this will essentially be a movie where we've got everyone's established so dc often struggles with their sophomore films like the first film's really good and then they struggle like wonder woman 84 um we'll see yeah, if they can pull this off oh, oh so bad so bad yeah she she uh, she she definitely needs a, a little, little little bit more q factor she is uh kind of at the bottom of the pile so let's let's hope i love that first shazam film so i i would find it hard to believe uh, that they could do anything that would really bum me out. So that's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah. I really dug the first Shazam way more than I thought I would. I think a lot of people walking in and going, Shazam, what? And I, I, and I often think that that is kind of the, we give the benefit of the doubt for the unknown uh, superhero movies that like, we, like Shang-Chi, for example, right? We're like, who the hell is Shang-Chi? And then we get a kick-ass Kung Fu movie and we're like, mm -hmm. yo, Shang-Chi's dope. Right? Where, um, so when it comes to Shazam, I'm actually really looking forward to the sequel. Uh, Lucy Liu's in it, and she could punch me twice in the throat and once in the mouth. Um, so I'm all I'm all on board with this, man. All on board with it. So, you know, when it comes to Gal Gadot, you know, hopping in that world for a quick second, it's cool that this is them now trying to connect the world that they just broke, but they also <laughs> have to kind of tread lightly here because. Man, DC has not been good at the world building. Um, they've rather been kind of hit or miss. So when trying to reconnect the dots, I just hope that they have this time a cohesive vision that they are willing to 100 and you know 110% back. And that's that's my thing because if we get another Wonder Woman 3 and it is another, you know, Wonder Woman 2 situation, well, yeah, I think they're in trouble here. Um, so for me, I, 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 though I'm excited, I'm cautiously optimistic for it. I, I anticipate a couple of things. This makes sense because Wonder Woman's really tied to like mythology. Uh, you know, Shazam is as well with the, with the, the Greek gods, all of those things. So it's kind of a good mix to have those characters together. Um, but I also anticipate, and I hope we get it, another Pitbull cover song. Like we got oh, Aquaman. Oh boy! I mean, that was—that's really where it was at. Everybody knows yeah. that. Pitbull, <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. I'm in. I'm in. Could be the greatest. Could be the greatest. Joe, do you love or really love Pitbull? Revere the man. Revere the man. This man is ageless. Um, this man is. A, I mean, the Beatles need to take a step back. The Rolling Stones need to take a step back. Pitbull is just a lyricist of 
our generations and just past. I think actually we probably he's like the Dalai, and that's all you, you that's how you know Pitbull's about to come on because he says that dumb word and then he just starts vomiting th- from the mouth and we try to clap and cheer him on like you got this man you'll power through he is this generation's you know? mc hammer oh my god yeah yeah <laughs> well, in the in, in the in the slammer like mc hammer yes uh. yes so we'll see we'll see how this goes um I, I think this should be fun and this comes out june 2nd 2023 so still a long ways off so i guess we'll right, see how this pans out and, and I, like i said i'm really excited to see what the rock does bringing black adam bring those worlds together gal gadot shazam wonder woman it's gonna be slamming Slam it. All right. Well, you got to get us a, a better link to this next story because I click on it and it's like, sign up to my crappy website. Um, so if you're not having the same issues as me, you take the lead and I'll just fake it along. I got I got, I got this one from Collider. I'll, I'll read it. I'll all read right. It. All right. All right. Take it away. Take it away. Kick-ass movie reboot coming in two years reveals Matthew Vaughn. Quote, unquote, it's so. Oh, let me bleep myself. love it oh i need to learn how to bleep myself uh not that i would ever do it but i think that's fun i like it oh yeah so he he says it's so effing nuts i can't talk about it but we got that ready to go all rights revert back in two years then we're going to reboot it where people will be like he is insane that's a quote an an ass will be kicked watch out charlie put the link in there as well if you want to play along a- asses of fire. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I heard about this because this is a unique one. I believe Kick-Ass is not – it's a it's, it's a Marvel – it was published by Marvel. Um, and I think – I don't know if it really takes place in the Marvel world in regards to the comics. But it was part of their um, creator-owned um, line. So mm-hmm. it's kind of unique that you get something that was published by Marvel but is not owned by Marvel. So apparently there were some partnerships. Matthew Vaughn actually self-funds a lot of his movies to basically keep rights, which is kind of interesting. Right. He, well, that's, he what, uh, that, yeah. that's what George Lucas did with uh, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, so, I mean, one of the good Star Wars movies. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. So and this series was – is I mean, I remember the first – comic and the and then the movie it was really kind of crazy a little interesting a little different uh with the oh, edge yeah. that matthew vaughn always brings to the table um and then the second one i think maybe went a little too over the top with jim carrey maybe a little too much for people i don't know but i i still enjoyed it yeah i don't i don't think i watched the second one i don't know why i didn't but the first one was so yeah wild violent and just Really, like surprisingly, at least to me, maybe again, it's been years, but like incredibly well written for what it was. And um, I really, I really dug that first film. I remember when Nicolas Cage is like, he, <laughs> like it's in the trailer where he's like, uh, you know, Chloe uh, Grace Moretz, she's like standing like seven feet away. He's like, all right, honey, are you ready? Yeah, dad. And she just like shoots her in the chest. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my god, what type of film is this? And you just see that this little girl is just the biggest killing machine. It's just ridiculous. So I'm, I'm in. Go. Uh, this is awesome. Go, 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 be crazy. Go all up in there. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, we shall see. Well, this was a short news week uh, because we kind of have bigger fish to fry, if I'm not mistaken. 
Uh, so in doing that, we got to get uh, back on that Uber app. You got to find uh, a cab from the uh, Don't Ask, Don't Tell cab company to get us back downtown to the skeeviest uh, destination in Geekland. That would be the Geek Easy uh, to talk about what we're enjoying this week. So, boys, let's go. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy cover bands playing, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. So, Joe, what have you been watching or reading? Um, I've been watching a couple of things. First, I've been watching Hawkeye. It is way better than I thought it would be. Oh, yes. It is probably, right next to Loki, my favorite MCU show. Very good. Enjoying myself a lot with that. But... I do want to geek out on a show that everybody needs to watch. And that is a show on Netflix called Arcane. This game, this, this show is based on a game called League of Legends, which I have played once that I do not care about this world one bit, but this show has made me want to know what this world is all about. If you love animation, um, you know, the, 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 the movie that made me fall in love with animation hard was, uh, into the spider verse. This you could see is a love letter to that type of ambitious animation. So go, go take a look at it. This is definitely an adult animated show. Um, so like you got sex violence and I mean like some gore in there as well. And it's, it's a show that it's incredibly well-written. I think it had like almost a perfect score on Rotten Tomatoes. So like people really seem to love it. Um, so go check out Arcane for the love of God. Yeah, it's, it's well voice acted as well. The story is cohesive. It's not a lot of, I don't understand this world. Nope. The world's pretty easy to understand. Yeah. It's beautiful and compelling. Gorgeous. And yeah. yeah, once again, it takes a property that, yes, there's a dedicated fan base for, but for a large part of gaming even, they don't play the yeah. game. So it's not like, you know, you've got to have played it or something like that. I like what they're doing, though. Riot's doing a great yeah. job of expanding their their the, the gaming and all these things outside of just that one core franchise. And Haley Steinfeld is also the voice of the main Oh, I didn't realize actress. it. Yeah. Oh, she's in everything this holiday, man. God, what so doesn't she do? God, that show's so great. And I assume we're all cut up on Hawkeye, so the big reveal this week blew all the minds. Yep, the episode doors. five. Yep. Boom. Oh my God. Yeah. It's all so, coming it's all coming together. Yeah, so I mean and and we're gonna talk about this as we talk about Spider Man is all the things that they're peppering now are just coming together, which I find very cool. Um yeah. You know, and this is a surprising one because Hawkeye is only six episodes, which is the shortest they've ever done. So in a way, I think that maybe that's a good thing because I don't know the storyline would have been really effective playing out over nine or ten episodes. But this feels right. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was also six. I'm sure of it. And wasn't Loki as well? Uh, six is the norm, I think. Let me let me let me double check, boys. Let me. I mean, double check. yeah. What 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 what, what if was longer? But it was the. Story, what if we, yeah. Charlie? You and I could never figure out how long that what if was because like we think. Oh yeah, we think it's nine. It's seven episodes. There, it's it's eight episodes. Maybe it's twelve episodes. Yeah, exactly. Correct. So yeah, no, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a single story that doesn't require a lot of. You know, they, they had off flashback here, off flashback there, and that was all just well and good. But yeah. Well, and you've got that deadline to Halloween or in Halloween to um, Christmas. Yes, right? They got to they keep it rolling to get it yeah. to Halloween. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, anyway, 
Um, moving along, we good? Are we still talking about Hawkeye? What's going on? No, you're good. You're good. Just, All right. Just, just fill us in when you get you done with your reporting. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Hawkeye, uh, sorry. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier was also six episodes. That, let's be honest, could have been shrunk down to four. It was very good. Sure. Nah, uh, come on. WandaVision was eight episodes. Right. Uh, which was, I think, adequate. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Loki, which is just incredible, was, let's see here, the moment of truth. Six episodes. So really? six episodes is the norm. I told you. I, I well, feel like it was. It's Loki almost like I said that. Yeah, that's because yeah. it's because they did so much. That's, that's right. crazy. All right. Okay. Moving along. Uh, I was talking about this in the pre-roll, and it was it was funny. It was spurned by the fact April and I were at lunch yesterday, and she's looking at her phone, and somebody had posted a meme of a Toyota Highlander, and it had stick figures that were all beheaded, and the guy at the end with the sword. So there can only be one. So we started talking and uh, about the movie, and I said, I don't know that I've ever seen that movie. Of course, people always talk about it because it's famous. And she's like, you've not seen that movie? Because she said, I saw that movie when I was a kid, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. TV or something. Oh, yeah, Charlie. Like, so, yeah, this is like. No, I knew. Yeah. I knew all, all about what was going on. Mm-hmm. There was an immortal, blah, blah. So, so uh, I get on, you know, Just Watch. I find out that it's available on Prime. Uh, and we go home and watch it. So we watched it this morning. And, uh, and then I had uh, I worked at Toy Show middle of the day. And I came back and we finished it. Uh, I'm going to go on record as saying this movie was awful. Absolutely awful. Mm-hmm. Could not believe how super duper dated it was. Like in the beginning, opening scene. You've got, uh, you know, Christopher Lambert as the, I tell you, nobody has more of a muddled European accent, th- this side of Victor Newman, uh, than this dude. You don't know what he's talking about, but he's sitting in Madison Square Garden for a wrestling match, and everybody around him is just losing their, it's packed, it's packed like a, like a you know, like a basketball game, people are screaming, and blah, 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 and I was just, I'm already thinking, okay, well, this movie is just a caricature of the 80s. It's just dumb. Well, Charlie, that's how people behave at wrestling. Like today, that's how people are at wrestling matches. They lose their shit. Because one guy turns to turn, and he's like, can you believe it? Can you believe what's happening? And it's just, oh, my God. So from there, this movie then proceeds to execute upon any trope that I can possibly imagine. We do get an appearance from Sean Connery. Of course, he's great. And he's he, Spanish you know, in this movie. And he's Spanish, yeah. but but Egyptian. He also says he's twenty five hundred years old. Um, and, but no, he goes hola. back. Yeah, hola, exactly. Hola, Trebek. <laughs> Suck it, Trebeco. Let <laughs> tits now. Oh, uh, now it makes more sense. The penis more mightier. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. So anyway, yeah, the, and then uh, Clancy Brown is the villain, which I love because Clancy yes. Brown is. The, the villain on Dexter New Blood right now, which we just watched before. He's the on. villain so in everything. I know, but I get Clancy Brown from the beginning to the present. It was uh, just in one day's viewing. Um, so anyway, I, I know. And again, the, the soundtrack by Queen is amazing. Great songs that are in there. I enjoyed that. But uh, I mean, even even the sex scene was gratuitous. It just poses and stuff and this and that. And I just... I, the, the guy's apartment was crazy. He had this big wraparound sofa that seated like 50 people. But I'm like, this guy doesn't have any friends. Why is his apartment so structured to entertaining? I just. He got a good I have so much. I, I have so Yeah, because April said, well, he's owned it for 1,700 years. I'm like, honey, they didn't build that apartment. The, the Native Americans didn't build his apartment building <laughs> 1,700 <laughs> years ago. I'm pretty sure he, he bought it and outfitted it. So it was, uh, yeah, it's just. I, I, 
it's just one of those without the rosy colored glasses. You're like, not oh, very good. What's going on here? Well, uh, it was a low budget movie at the time, Charlie. So at the yeah. time, very, consent very much. So. A, yeah, and this guy has directed not great things. So it's not like he has a great history of of great uh, uh, direction. I mean, he's got a long list. He apparently, directed right. all of Elton John's music videos. If you look, holy crap, Russell Mulcahy, Mulcahy, look him up. Did he did he direct I'm Still Standing? Elton John, Healing Hands, Elton John, A Word in Spanish, Elton John, Town of Plenty. I don't want to go with you like that. All of his videos, Death Leopard. Those are all all from that same time period. Yeah, he was a big music director. I think that was where he really got found. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he. That's why he and Queen did so great. So anyway, um, through through the rose colored glasses of time, I, I don't think I don't think it'd be enjoyable to a first time viewer. So interesting. Probably, it's still probably better than Scorpion King Two: Rise of a Warrior, which he also directed. Oh my god! <laughs> and two, which was, must have been which must have been direct to video. So um, other than that, I enjoyed Hawkeye this week. Uh, I enjoyed uh, Star Trek Discovery, of course, this week, which is my other weekly show right now. Um, went back to kind of a uh, you know Planet of the Week format where they had to they you know uh, Burnham, who's our captain, and uh, Book, who is her her boyfriend, another character on the show, uh, were were stuck in this. Uh, uh, kind of you know morality play of the week where they needed to uh, evacuate a planet, uh, but they turned out that the planet had six uh, people that were trapped in a prison that the the people who they were evacuating wouldn't let go, and uh, it's just it was interesting. Todd, where are you at with Discovery? Have you started? Still, the new season? still on two. I need to uh, episode two of the season. I need to get back into it. So I will I, do that. I, I liked it, and I talked about last week's episode how you know. Uh, it was focused on the character of Tilly, who I'm just kind of done with. Uh, so this was a nice return to things that are more Star Trekly. Uh, like I said, kind of the planet of the week and the moral dilemma. So I, I enjoyed that. So, but again, we're dealing with you know the unstoppable space anomaly, um, and we meet a new kind of arrogant jerkwad civilian scientist in this week's episode. That you kind of get the vibe might have something to do with it, but you don't really know. So we're going to keep tracking along. But yeah, it's not been it's not really been blowing the doors off. But they could pull out a surprise. This show has been good for pulling out those midseason surprises. Yeah. So let let's see if that's the case. Yeah, I mean, Discovery is still one of the best Star Trek shows in my opinion. So um, they may hit this. May you know they haven't had a sophomore slump yet. So maybe this is their s- senior slump. Senior season, slump, yeah, maybe. What 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 comes after the senior slump? Well, that's your fifth year senior or your red shirt. Yeah, right. fr- your red shirt senior, I guess. Fresh. I don't know. Whatever. You, you don't want to be a red shirt in, 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 in at least the 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 original incarnation of Star Trek. So that's bad. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll wrap it up with um, a little bit of holiday cheer. So I have watched. Um, I'm trying to watch more holiday stuff this year. Just give me a better mood. Just enjoy the season. So um, so uh, the first one I watched was Eight Bit Christmas. This is on HBO Max. This is a, a new holiday film, and this is basically a Christmas story for my generation, the olds. Mm. What are we calling yes. Generation X? Um, we, we absolutely loved it, even though it did seem to be littered with a lot of inaccuracies. It kind of felt like the Goldbergs with its time. Well, it's they, they played around with that, yeah. Charlie. Yeah, they, they definitely yeah. So if anybody who's not watched this, basically, this is about a Christmas that, once again, Neil Patrick Harris is a dad telling his daughter about how, as a kid, he all this is how he got his NES back in the mm-hmm. day. So it's a flashback, and he's kind of narrating it as you go along, kind of like, um, um, oh, um, Princess Bride with, um, you know, Peter Falk 
talking to his grandson. Same thing here, but it's how he's regaling about how he got the NES. Uh, he, he even struggles with the year, and he tells his daughter, I think it was this, I don't think it was that. It's like maybe 1988. So it just, they, they play around fast and loose with it. It was all about this kid, and all the kids at the time wanted an NES. So um, I can totally relate. I got my NES, bought it off my neighbor, um, and that's how I got my NES. And this is all about how we got it. It's just this funny story, definitely embracing all of the 80-ness of that time, but highly enjoyable. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun, lots of fun little cameos. Steve Zahn plays the dad of Neil Patrick Harris, and it ultimately did a really good job of just making fun of Joe, like the power glove. Like all these kids were so excited oh, because awesome. this kid was the first person to get the power glove and they just couldn't wait to see what it could do. That was going to change games and well <laughs> go from there. Um, but yeah, yeah, they just had a blast. It even gets into like the boy scouts, you know, giving away an NES and all these contests. So really enjoyed it. Really fun. It's not like a great movie. It's just a fun movie that if you're in that era, even if you, you know, just love games, you can relate to video game culture and kind of like how it comes about. And it was really fun. I, I just enjoyed nice. it quite a bit. Glad you liked it, man. I am thinking about jumping into that film. Cause I feel, uh, I, I heard it's the same people that made, uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Uh, Jingle all the way. Jingle all the way. I heard Are you serious? Oh. <laughs> That, that's a Todd. That's a Twin Cities classic right there. So I I got I got to check it out. But my brother, my brother showed me the trailer, and it was something that yeah we're definitely gonna have a nice little sop too because that's that's similar to how how we had it growing up. So. Womp womp. Yeah. Mm, Fun fact: crazy. they made a jingle all the way to with Larry the Cable Guy. Oh wow. <laughs> that is un, that is un, unacceptable. Yeah. So God, I could have lived all my life without knowing that. Well, now you know. Now you have to watch it, or at least watch the trailer. That, is all I'll say. Watch that the trailer. Would burdened with knowledge. <laughs> that would be that would be jingle none of the way. Yeah, so it would be. I'm trying to think how you would then take his cat phrase, catchphrase, get her done, and turn it into like a holiday greeting. Oh, you know, you know, they tried. I oh, know. There's got to be a pun or something. Get her fun. I don't. Moving (laughs) on to something else. Yeah. So, so then lastly, as we were, we're late to the party decorating our tree. We finally got it done today. And as we were doing that, the wife said, Hey, let's watch something festive in the background. So we put on a movie called Claws. Klaus? Claws. Uh, K L A U S. This is on Netflix. It's two years old. And this movie was wonderful. It's animated. Mm. The, st- the visual style is fantastic, but essentially it's about this kid whose dad's like the postmaster general of Denmark. Okay. And it's set in like 1885 or something like that, but animated. And his son's a ne'er do well. Kind of reminds me of the how the emperor got his groove back, that character. You know, mm. witty, funny, David Spade doing his thing. I'm not sure who yeah. voiced the main character, but very much a ne'er-do-well, but his dad sends him off and says, you're going to make your, your way into the world of postmasters or whatever. So he sends him off to this deep, dark village in the middle of Denmark that nobody wants to go to. And he's got a, his benchmark is he's got 6,000 letters sent to redeem himself. And hmm. this town looks like um, a mass murder might have happened because it's all shut down. And you don't know why. And you find out there's this big feud between the families that are there and creates a, a, a it's just, it's just a very dank place, but you start seeing the heart of it because you start seeing the characters come out and what they do. And um, just really the relationship between uh, the main character, whose name is Jeppers meets a certain someone who 
potentially will start delivering gifts to boys and girls and then meets a, a teacher who basically, since there's no kids to teach, he becomes a fishmonger. But you can kind of start seeing how these three will form a relationship. But it's mm -hmm. hilarious. It's well animated, just beautiful voice talents. Great, really good uh, dialogue and music. The music cues are really funny because some of them are modern, which sometimes can be really bad, sometimes really good. And I, this one I thought was a very funny melding of those. So if you want to watch something newer in an animated fashion that's not dumb and it's not horrible, Klaus yeah. is good. Oh wow, that's a Netflix animated show too. Okay, it absolutely is ninety minutes long. Yeah. yeah, and it's and it's like I said, it's really high value. The, Netflix is really bringing the animation to the table, and I'll, I'll give them credit for that. Yeah, awesome, magnificent. All, all right, well, that is it for the Geekeasy. So, gentlemen, now uh, I hope you come. You came well packed because we're going to get out of here, get on a plane, and make our way over to the Thunderdome. Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, we are talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, and sorry, Tina, I don't know if this movie has come to the Thunderdome yet. So by all means, spoilers are ahead. So if you and the mutants have not seen it, um, come back. Todd, you know what we ought to do if we really want to get in the mutants' good graces? We need to get Sony and Disney to get a print down there to screen just Ooh, for the mutants. I think, I think it would go a long way. So let's, uh, let, let, let's make some interrogatives and see if we can make this thing happen. Okay. So yeah. So along with Tina, if you've not watched the movie, come back after you watch it because Get there out. will be spoilers ahead. So Spider-Man No Way Home. This is the third <clears throat> Spider-Man movie by Sony with our uh, current, ca current, current cast. Um, basically at this point, Spidey was revealed to be Peter Parker and he's doing all he can to get his life back into uh, order and keep the people he loves out of trouble. And he basically makes a deal with the devil with Dr. Strange. And there we go. Uh, this movie, um, I mean, it's it's doing great, is all I can say. It's made about $254 million. It's, it's actually the third biggest opening, regardless of COVID or whatever. It's huge. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and I know there's still people that are waiting to see it next week, which, you know, with the holiday break and stuff, I anticipated that. So um, it's going to be big, and this is great news for box office. And if you guys are vaccinated and boosted, go ahead and have a good time. If you're not, yes, please. I don't know when you'll see it. So Also, just get it. You're not, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just get it. Just jump I in. just, I, I yeah. just... Just do it. It's yeah. it's it's okay. My wife got her booster today. Or else I heard uh, Joe, Rogan, totally fine. Joe Rogan said that you can run off the nearest goddamn cliff and you'll fly. So, you know. Wow. And you know what? Option. Oh, wait, Joe, are you really saying get, get vaccinated or just get COVID? <laughs> I wasn't no, sure. Just which. jump off a fucking cliff. We don't need you anymore. Okay. You know? I'm good with that. Yeah. Break Joe, thank you. Limb. Thank you for coming because you're a guest. I don't have yeah. Todd saying, well, you can't say that when what? I say shit like that. So yeah. <laughs> here, uh, you might wait here. Get ready. I, I, I want you to bleep me when I say this. You ready? All right, uh, okay. Well, what I really want to say is. You're supposed to bleep me. Come on, where's the bleep? Oh, oh, Joe. oh it only works for me. It only works yeah. for me. Oh, yeah. man. No, you control, okay. uh, control what we're doing here. It's very hard to do. Oh, well, pivoting back, gentlemen. So um, yeah, we all saw this movie. I saw it on Friday. Charlie, you saw it on Thursday. Joe, you saw it uh, Friday? Opening night. 
opening. Oh, no, sorry, Friday morning. Friday morning, as well as I did. So very cool. Uh, movie's two and a half hours long, and it essentially had two after credit scenes, one mid, one post. So uh, definitely, hopefully, you stayed for both. And then we're going to now talk about our impressions of the movie and then thoughts about, you know, what does this mean for the larger picture of things? And we'll go from there. So, Joe, since you're, you're our guest, why don't you kick it us up? You know, tell us, tell us your thoughts about this movie. I think I just walked out of one of, if not the best MCU movies. Like, this was phenomenal. And it was probably one of the best paced MCU movies as well. There was never a moment that felt wasted Every scene to me was necessary and integral to keep the show going. So I never felt bored because there was always something next to look forward to. But what I really love about this movie is it starts off as a Spider-Man MCU, you know, he's, he's a kid looking, he's in high school, all this stuff. And what you really find by the end of this movie is this is actually an origin movie. This is... Peter's origins of how he truly becomes the Spider-Man that we know all the things that we didn't like, or, or some people didn't like about Tom Highland's Spider-Man, how he was like Iron Man jr. And you know how he hasn't had that significant loss. He's always tied to Stark somehow, some way at the end of this film, all that baggage from the MCU leaves. And mm-hmm. now we have mm-hmm. the Spider-Man that we know that has had that traumatic loss, the speech of with great power comes with great responsibility and reusing that line because they know that it is the best line and uh, doing it with purpose. And so where this movie does a whole lot of fanfare, you know, you got Andrew Garfield, you got uh, Toby, you got Matt Murdock. My theater, this is how you know you're filled with a crowd of fucking nerds. Sorry, big time, big up. time. I know. And, uh, and, and when the other two walked in as well, that all the hooting and hollering did not break down for a good five seconds. Oh, yeah. When Matt Murdock was there, everybody, the people got up and started cheering. And then when Matt Murdock catches the brick that's thrown through the window, you see on Peter's face, as I saw the second time, Peter knows there is something with this lawyer. He's mm-hmm. he there. There's more than meets the eye. And he's like, how did you do that? And he's just like, I'm a really good lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I love it. Oh, he's back. He's back. And with the latest Hawkeye episode, the sky is the limits. It's I all coming so together. Happy. It's yeah. all pushing out. It's and, pushing out. And you That's know, sad. Joe, I was going to say, and once they showed Matt Murdock, I'm like, yep, they're going for it. They're all yeah. in. And that's when you think what else is going to happen. Yeah. And the the best thing, I, and I think this is truly Marvel writing at its best, when, when they can predict how the audience is going to think in that time. So, like, when you see Andrew Garfield come up, right, and they're in my abuela's living room, and Zendaya throws the bread at, at, like, Andrew, there is... Zendaya is in disbelief as well as the audience. You're you're through her perspective at this point in time. And so when she's like, well, if you're Spider-Man, why didn't you react? She's like, just, I don't react to you bread. throwing bread at me. <laughs> you know? Um, th- those moments are so powerful when Marvel plays along with you 
with with your emotions and it carries through like this movie at the same exact time you know jokes about hey toby where do you get that goddamn spider web what's that all about like how, how do you how do you get it it's coming out of you where else does it come out of you like it plays with those things in a funny way while right. at the same exact time it gives a really good it, it, it's spider-man at its best because he is trying to do the best thing and the best thing always ends up having the worst consequence for him. So like by trying to rehabilitate these, these heroes, a lot, you know, one thing that I heard that some people didn't like was like, well, it felt like, you know, Aunt May was stupid in, in, in her thinking of like, Oh, just rehabilitate these people. And, you know, they're just six people. Just let them, you know, or four people just let him die. Who gives a shit? But you know, to me, the Aunt May thinking is like on the micro and macro level of like, if you're able to fix these people, look at how look at how much good that they can do. Like, if you just fix Doc Ock alone, he can he can help make the world a better place for that universe. So it's a it's some cool thinking there, and I think at the end of the day this movie is so good at not even having a clear villain, but having a clear purpose that at the end of it, I just walked away going, wow, this is, this is unlike anything I've seen from the MCU and definitely from what Sony can do. So I walked away absolutely loving this movie. I found uh, Norman Osborn to be so much more villainous um, and it's weird because you you know you yeah. you realize obviously that since he died and it was the same thing with with uh, Octavius that they were plucked and again you know your suspension of disbelief yeah he looks twenty years older it's okay um, but he was essentially plucked from the past but that we saw you know we watched uh, what April and I we we did kind of the reverse of what everybody did is everybody was like oh I'm going to watch all the Spider Man movies and then go see this so I had I think I had um, uh, Far from Home on. Thursday during the day, we went to go see this movie, and then when we came home, we watched Toby Spider-Man 1 and 2, and then Toby Spider-Man 1 hasn't aged well at all. It's super corny. It's like, I mean, my God, Macy Gray does musical number in the middle of it during the Oscorp World Unity Festival. I mean, just just, uh, cut the shit. Knock it off. It's bad. Um, But I just, he's so much, he's so much more of a later 21st century movie character where he's just, he's malevolent, just murders Aunt May. He's beating the shit out of uh, Tom Holland's uh, Peter Parker. He's, he's, he's terrifying. Dude, he's terrifying when, when, when he's beating the shit out of him, right? right? And he's just laughing and Mm -hmm. Willem's Dafoe's face is selling it. In that moment, I was like, holy shit. If they do a killing joke, I want to be the Joker. Right. Oh my God chaotic it was it was it was off the chain he from a villainous villainy standpoint made this film hands down because yeah i the other villains in it i just you know yeah jamie fox i guess but he was still kind of jamie foxing it you're like yeah he's got an arc reactor and yeah he's kind of more of a threat but he's still just kind of he's just kind of still you know, Jamie Foxx from In Living Color. You know what the I mean? Thing, I, just, I, I just can't, I just can't take it seriously. Show. What a good pull. The, <laughs> thing, the thing that I, the the thing that I liked about it was just, they're like, listen, we know you're here for Doc Ock and Green Goblin. 
So right. we're just going to give them most of the lines. And we understand that the amazing Spider-Man villains are not amazing. So right. we'll give Jamie Foxx lines because I believe he won an Oscar or was up for one. You're right. The other lizard dude, we'll give him three lines and he's lucky he's there. Yeah, exactly. And then they changed him back and he was naked and then you yeah. didn't see him again. And yeah, with Thomas Hayden Church, you didn't see his face until yeah. I believe he was cured. Otherwise, yeah. he was just Sandy. Yeah, was, he was just guy. Sandy. Yep. So I I spent most of the movie wondering. I'm like, did they even get him for this? Oh yeah. I thought maybe I thought maybe it was just like what they did with the ghost of Harold Ramis, literally in Ghost. Well, they still had to get his voice, though. I mean, yeah. He's still doing well. I mean, yeah. But I mean, pe- people can you know mimic voices and stuff. I I, so I don't possible. know if they're. I don't know. Maybe he's contractually obligated if you play that character. I don't know what's in his contract. But it, it was funny because if you think about the way, and I'm just going to layer this on. You you think about the different Spideys and the time that they were made in their movies. Obviously, Tobey Maguire. They said that was inspired for the Stanley era. So very cheesy. Sam Raimi made it cheesy. That was his take. It's very goofy, over the top. If you've seen his Evil Dead movies, that's what he does. He puts in a lot of right. cheat, cornball, yeah. cheesy humor. Um, and then you kind of had the take with Toby, how Toby kind of came back, was always kind of the milk toast. Once again, the joke about what are you a a, a Methodist? Oh, or, a, no, he's he's a, he's a hip youth pastor. <laughs> exactly. Which which yeah, that was kind of what the the the, the what Peter Parker was. We're gonna rap about the Lord. You bet. The, the, the uber geek, the not hip. He was made fun of. Yeah. And then you went to, but still, a lot of people were tied to that character in his arc because it was really the first movie that really captured Spider Man. So very cool. Then you get to Andrew Garfield, which. I didn't love those movies at all. I thought Andrew Garfield was, once again, not a good Peter Parker in regards to the fact he was too, too cool, too attractive. Nobody didn't he like him. He had a skateboard, need yeah. I say more. But, but he, he was. And then he had the, uh, and they gave him basically the, the when, they, when they talked to him, he was like, he didn't feel like he was worthy. He felt like I hadn't gone through those things. I didn't have these cool lives. So I like the fact that they kind of focused on the fact that you're the Spider-Man that people just kind of forgotten about that didn't get a good movie there was a line he's like hey hey." like toby literally goes to andrew he's like hey you're amazing and i want you to stop this this inner talk that you're talking right now because you're you're great and honestly he was great like andrew garfield to me was fucking awesome in that in that movie because andrew garfield's a great actor that mm-hmm. was given a shitty script, yep. a la Have We Seen Venom 1 and Venom 2? Yes. There's great actors in there uh, given traumatically awful scripts. And because of that, the movies are unwatchable. And so, like, with Andrew Garfield, it's like, yeah, no, he's a good Spider-Man. He was just given bad scripts. And a director and, who – and I think a director that that movie was not – that series not made for, he made yeah. romantic comedies and – or those type of you know type of movies. And I just feel like that director was the wrong choice. And they even talked about the fact that a lot of that movie had a lot of just um, improv between the, the – yeah. and you just feel like very, very off. But yeah, so I think a lot of the ways they kind of addressed everyone coming together – that was a lot of fun. I, I want to give kudos to the director because this director yeah. before these Spider-Man movies made yeah. one small independent film. And to go from that to what he had to put together, tie together through the script and do all this together. So it didn't feel like a cheese ball. It didn't feel like Uber fan service. It still made the plot, had to do a direct landing into the middle of what? 25 MCU films bringing the yeah. pieces together. I mean, that's fantastic. Right. 
I, uh, I I particularly loved, and again, I love the Statue of Liberty. First of all, I love the Statue of Liberty. That's a, a thing. My single visit to New York City was in 2004, uh, just a couple of years after 9-11. The Statue of Liberty was still closed, so I did not get to go. I did get to ride the Staten Island Ferry and see it from a very great distance. That's as close as I've ever been to Statue of Liberty. I've got to get back to New York City because I really, really want to experience it firsthand. It's a, it's a life goal of mine. But I love that in this film, and again, it was... I was like, why did I feel like I knew they were giving it a shield? Because they said it in Hawkeye last week. It was a drop in Hawkeye last week. How is um, she holding that shield? She's holding the torch. It's is it it's, on her it's, sleeve? It's, is it like it's, it, via it's, plot device? It's vibranium <laughs> plot. It's a vibranium plot device. A big steaming pile of foreshadowing. Um, but I love that they're sitting and they're having their rap, and and he's like, you know, Tom Holland gets his guys, guys, guys. We're not working as a team. That's why we can't make any progress. He says, you know, we're, we're too used to being on our own. He says, I've been on a team. I've been on the Avengers. And Chobie's like, oh my god, the Avengers. What what is that? What is that? But what's 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 funny? I'll give you a number actually here. When we were watching Toby Spider Man Two, uh, and they're trying to, and uh, J Jonah Jameson is going back and forth. Uh, with uh, Sam Raimi's brother in real life, who is his assistant, uh, trying to come up with a name for Dr. Octopus. His assistant guy says, Dr. Strange. And then uh, Jay Jonas Sam goes, that's great, but it's taken. So there's a Dr. Strange in the Tobyverse. Mm. Oh, so what's Dr. Strange was never on the Avengers in at that time. Yes, but they make it sound like there's no other super characters in the other two Spider-Man's universes. They, hey, who knows? Who yeah, knows now? I know, but like, but like, yeah, I just, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, no, just watching them together, uh, and then I mean, the moment that you know, I get a little verklempt was the the uh, the uh, Andrew Garfield Gwen redemption moment, yeah, that was good when he says, says MJ, oh my god, and he just breaks down crying, and I don't know, I, she didn't know why, but she figured it out pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, okay. I, yeah, that, that moment where they're on the high school, like, you know, uh, roof, he's like, I lost my MJ. And mm-hmm. it's like, and you, you see that he's struggling with that and that he has this arc that does need to be fulfilled where Toby's arc is fine. Like he's, he doesn't need fixing. And I feel like in this movie, they're just like, we're going to make, you never had the closure that you you mm-hmm. deserved, yep. mm-hmm. right? So we're going to do it in this movie right here. And I really dug that. And and again, they they gave Andrew Garfield a lot more than I thought they, they oh, yeah. gave Toby. And honestly, I think it worked out better for the film that way. Mm-hmm. I do want to say the Aunt May scene, when I watched that a second time with my brother, and when the collider, when the glider runs into her, and my brother's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> He's just like, oh, yep. oh, crap. Sorry, I keep cursing. And, but like, it, when she gets up, I hear my brother go, oh, thank God. And then mm-hmm. when she collapses again, yep. when she, oh, no, no, no. When, when she puts the hand on his chest going, with great power comes great responsibility. I hear my brother go. Oh no, it's gonna. And then, and then when she collapses, he's like, oh, "I knew it." You've been <laughs> Uncle Ben. Yeah. The stages of grief. That scene was powerful. So, and and to that point, I I think we all assumed the same thing happened. Uncle Ben died. Told him that line, and that's right. how we got it. It was right. the, the universal. Uh, uncle, we don't even know if there was an Uncle Ben. We don't know if May was married. To be honest, and it wasn't important. right. Well. And you don't understand the familial connection of how he ended up with her. She is his guardian, uh, but you don't know why. 
You know what I mean? There's nothing that's said about her May. I don't think he calls her yeah. Aunt May. So she could no, be like a May. friend of the family. So to his point, it's... Well, well but, but but they do have the same last name. Sure. And you say guardian because that's a legal status, meaning right. I have the ability to make decisions for you versus just I'm living with my aunt and I can do whatever the F I want because I'm, you know, right. you know, my cousin. Right. So, yeah, I, I think it was really neat that they did that because, once again, we didn't want to see the same origin story for the 80th time. We didn't. Right. And then to right. a point, we're now at a point where, Joe, I think it's a great point. This is his origin story. He's now essentially at ground zero of he's the lovable loser doesn't have any mm-hmm. money. He's, you know, struggling to make, you know, pay work. The vendors don't know who he is. So it's not like he can just call his ven- buddies up now and get everything solved for him. So like that happy Hogan right. thing at the end, he didn't come back and say, oh, by the way, I'm Spider-Man. You know, we know each other. No. Yeah. And then he, he also the, the point of like finding them and him not continuing to pursue to say, hey, I'm Peter was a really right. good turn of event. And I want to sh- give a shout out to my brother. That this was this was his thought. I'm stealing from him. He, he finally realizes the importance of that identity, the the secret identity. Right. right. He could literally like Wendy Spider Man take off the mask, go, "Hey, happy, look at who I am." But he's not going to do that because that's a rich man's luxury mm-hmm. that he can't afford, and right. he learned that the hard way. Right. So, like to me, I think what is the perfect arc is encapsulated by. Two quotes. One that is, you know, Peter's entry point into the MCU with the Civil War when he says, when you could do the things I can, but you don't, and the bad things happen, they happen right. because of you. Right. And then it just, that arc is closed with, with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. they have molded him into what is now, bam, Spider-Man right. in the MCU. Yep. And you see Perfect. the suit he makes at the end. It's not a fancy it's a, suit. It's a nope, bright it, blue. and it's It is. Like, it is. One hundred percent comic accurate, as near as even though it's shown in shadow. Um, but again, I, April and I always have a chuckle. Like it's a great thing that you are a high school dropout and an amazing seamstress. That's awesome. Yes. Hey, multi. What, 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 yeah. what do they call uh, a male person who sews a seamster? He's a male seamster? Sure. He's a seamster. seamster. Like a teamster. He's a seamster. Like a teamster. Ah, no teamsters. Yeah, so, um, you know, obviously um, every villain, I think, got at least a touch point, which is good. Um, Mm. Now, obviously, they were blinked back to where they're at, where apparently they're not dead now, which Mm -hmm. is good. And our Spidey's in a different spot. And apparently, Tommy Aguirre, even though stabbed, has no blood. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He He said he's been stabbed a lot. Maybe it's all. Yeah. Maybe it's just in the back. Maybe it's just. Yeah. And maybe he. Maybe he stabbed him in the bunch of a middle of scar tissue, and it just deflected. I do want to say this before before we wrap up this discussion that I'm so sorry I stole so much of it. Is um, no, by all means, that's why you're here, bud. You're the guy, even more so than me. And I and I'm a Spidey guy going back uh, 35 years, but I, yeah, I go I go back to 1986. Being old it's helps. Awesome to see how how technologically advanced the MCU is and the Stark tech is mm-hmm. because with the fight with Doc Ock, when he rips off the iron spider suit and the way Peter wins it is literally with that Stark tech. Um, when, you know, Doc Ock's like the power that, you know, a power from the sun or whatever. And he's looking at the arc reactor and they're just like mesmerized by this tech. Um, and how clean the energy is that Jamie Foxx says that goes back to Avengers when he's like 100 percent 
you know, clean, renewable energy. I was like, oh my God, they're just down to the littlest things. Marvel understands how to sew its stories together so perfectly well. Um, do I, I like, I, there is not, I mean, there is, you know, there are some flimsy points to this movie, but it really asks you straight away going, listen, we're going to do one thing that's seemingly a little flimsy here in terms of how the rules of, of, of this movie, we're about to break it or, or sorry, we're about to, we're about to go on it. And as long as you're willing to take this flimsy excuse for the spell, you're going to have a really fun time. So are you really mm-hmm. ready to have a really fun time? Great. Mm-hmm. And that's how Marvel is able to get away with flimsy plot devices because the ride that they're going to take you on is fucking incredible. Like the fight with, we even forgot the fight with Dr. Strange is was great phenomenal. with the with the, the mirror dimension and the folding yeah. the folding like, trains all and this the buildings is geometry you love yeah. geometry yeah and right when, it, and using the portals like, and using the portals to get the webs in very good very yeah. good yeah. dude and when he's like you know what's cooler than magic math i'm like god damn it peter you're such a freaking nerd <laughs> i love you <laughs> it was it was very good man i love it yeah so before we wrap up um really quickly we did have the two uh Stinger. So I, I, I just want to hit on this really quick. The fact that this Eddie Brock and this Venom is now out of the MCU. Right. Which is good. Thank God. So now we Thank have you. the little bit of uh, the little symbiote, meaning we can get a new version. Uh, and I, what I think would be perfect is this Flash becomes yes. this Venom. Yes, it's what I literally said to my brother. And like, right. And with that, you could do so much with. He knows who's. Because he's because he he's reveres Spidey, yeah, yeah, he reveres Spidey exactly. So That's he would exactly have to have Spidey to betray him in some fashion, a la you know uh, Eddie Brock, and yeah. So yeah, that is interesting. So that that does mean that this Venom comes from kind of an extra dimensional source, extra dimensional source, and Sony can like, still like yeah. Secret Wars. Yeah, and Sony can still yeah. do their crappy Venom if they want to. It's fun, but they're letting... I think that's probably part of a deal that we can do our own Venom if you want to continue this relationship, which I think that, is great. Um, that, but lastly, that. the last stinger was one of the worst stingers ever because essentially it was just a trailer for the next movie. It's just a well, as I told you, as soon as you said, Todd, it was exactly what we got at the uh, at the after the credits of Captain America, the first Avenger. It was uh, simply a trailer for the next film. Um, even though, the, and the, But that one for the Avengers was cut a little bit more kind of dramatically where this was just straight up story beats. It wasn't like in 2012, here's some slow motion (laughs) and here's some other slow. Look, it's Tony Stark talking to Thor. Oh my God. It was just, they they didn't make it so dumb. Um, But yeah, you got, yeah. Strange talking to Wanda. You seen America Chavez in the background. She's going to be a major character. That's right. And the the thing about it that was interesting is that you saw, uh, Evil Strange from the yes. What If animated, which is the first crossover. Which will it give us Peggy Cap? I think we're in all live in. action. Oh I my mean, god! If, yeah, if, if Daredevil, uh, Kingpin, we've got the What If universe, right. all of these br- MCU, Wandavision's repercussions. So they're all blending it together. And God Almighty, yeah. if Kevin Feige ever leaves. God bless MCU because you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's let's not talk about such things. But as you had mentioned, we are out of time. So uh, one out of ten uh, pumpkin bombs, Joe. One out of ten pumpkin bombs. Ten out of ten. The only Spider-Man movie I prefer is Into the Spider-Verse because it's amazing. Mm, gotcha. I'm going to have to go with um, 
nine out of 10, simply because the stingers were wasteful for me. And my hatred of Tom Hardy Venom pollutes all things. But other than that, the core <laughs> film, delightful. You know, Danny Rojas from Ted Lasso was his bartender. Oh, that was I great. Was awesome. oh, I love that too. Yeah. Charlie doesn't watch Ted Lasso, so I won't get it. Maybe, um, maybe someday. Yeah. Um, and I'll give it an eight and a half because um, I love, I, I really a big Spider-Man fan, but not as big as other people. So I did sort of see some things that kind of annoyed me. Um, so I'm like, okay, but still a great movie, really fun, really good time. Uh, yeah. can't wait to see uh, what happens next to the MCU because I don't think we're getting anything until Dr. Strange, which is six months away. Woo. All right. Well, that is. I dig it. All right. Yes. So, Joe, before we go, tell people where they can find you. So you can find me over at the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast, where each and every Thursday, me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest and greatest in all things PlayStation. Um, and yeah, this we never miss a week. Even with the holiday season, we're going to have a holiday show. So, you know, please stop on by. Wave at us. Tell us where you came from. All that stuff. You can find me over at Mr. Badbit. You can find the show over at PS Trophy Room on Twitter. And yeah. Oh, also, if you could rate us five stars on Spotify, you could do that now. Absolutely. Joe, always a treat, folks. Listen to Joe's end of year words. They're excellent. A lot of fun. If you want to find out what's great about PlayStation, listen to Joe and subscribe. Good stuff. All right. And as for me, as always, find me over on Twitter. Uh, at the C3, spell it out. Uh, also uh, at USS Grand Petoskey, I run the uh, Star Trek International Fan Club chapter in Michigan. Uh, that's across all socials. Just Google it on up. Uh, and I also run our Secret Friends Unite socials when I can, posting fun, interesting, or weird content over on our Facebook group and etc. So, Todd? Yes, and follow me on uh, Twitter, primarily, at uh, Tioxtra. I'm there to have fun, interact with all the geeks, and hopefully cause some mischief and make some fun. So follow me there. I retweet the Secret Friends Unite stuff and make sure it's being shared with the masses. So there you go, folks. And remember, all for all things Secret Friends Unite, www.secretfriendsunite.com. So with that, we say good night. Charlie, take us out. That's what I say. Friends, thank you as always for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In the truck. Your friendly neighborhood, Spider-Todd. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at SecretFriendsU on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.